1: Training, as we know, helps us build muscle and get stronger. But that's not all. Through this process, we are also reshaping our metabolism, enabling our bodies to burn more calories at rest. The more muscle we have on our body, the more energy output we have, which allows our body to break down our fat stores in order to meet this new demand. Also, having a higher muscle mass percentage improves our body composition. This is our lean mass to fatty mass ratio. Having a lower body fat percentage helps us better manage our weight in the long run. Strength training can often lead to a higher afterburn effect. This means that the body continues burning calories even after the workout is over, says Noelle. Valeria Tellez interviews Noelle McKenzie. She is the co-founder of Leading Edge Personal Trainers, A certified personal trainer and level one kettleball certified, which is when she learned she had an act for helping people achieve lifelong fitness goals. Leading Edge Personal Trainers is a black owned NYC based family business that was launched back in 2008 by Kern and Noelle Mackenzie Alexander. They care most about the success of their clients and make sure they are always leading with the client's best interests at heart. Over the years, Leading Edge has helped hundreds if not thousands of people become more confident in their bodies and what they can do. They instill mindful eating habits and a personalized progress exercise training program that transcends what their clients do in the gym to further enrich those clients' day-to-day lives. Leading Edge's goal is to have every client improve his or her quality of life and the relationship with his or her health and fitness. Nobody should have to suffer from chronic pain. And thankfully, Leading Edge has been able to help so many of their clients live pain-free. Meet Noelle at leadingedgeny.com. Here's an interview with Noelle McKenzie.
0: In your own words, who is Noelle McKenzie?
2: So, I would describe myself as somebody who's passionate about helping people realize their full potential when it comes to health and wellness, healing people from the inside out with their bodies, and helping people lead their lives with more passion and connection with their bodies and how health you know adds so much value to our lives.
0: Yeah. How did you discover or uncover this mission this passion in life?
2: So it's funny, I kind of fell into it. You know, I I was always an athlete in college and prior to college growing up. I think one thing that really inspired me was being an underdog. In college I really had to climb the ladder to get recognized for you know, being a division one athlete, and I really overcome a lot of odds to break a collegiate record, which for me, proved a lot to me in terms of what the body is capable of with the proper training and mindset. So that's kind of what opened the doors for me to want to help other people see the potential in themselves.
0: In the way it finds us, right? Whatever our Mm -hmm. calling
2: is in life.
0: You said something interesting, I mean, you use the term full potential, and I hear that a lot, f- uncovering or finding the, a full potential or becoming that. What is your vision for that? What does it look like to explore or to be at our full potential?
2: Yeah, so I think it's very common to set limitations on ourselves based on fears, based on having never done something that for you to know that it's possible and i just really encourage people to see past the limiting beliefs that they may carry with them and just keep an open mind of what's possible because i've always lived my life to you know with the notion that anything is possible when you put your mind to it as long as you can believe it you know that it's possible for you that's the only thing that can hold you back from getting there and
0: what do you think it causes those limitations why do we limit ourselves
2: Yeah. So I think the biggest thing is fear of failure, you know, fear of disappointment, not living up to your own expectations. Um, I think that if we can learn to embrace fear as part of the process, instead of trying to avoid it, it becomes natural to embrace it and just recognize that it is going to be part of the journey because we learn, I feel like the most from our mistakes and from our failures. You know, they're not, I don't look at them as setbacks. I look at them as learning opportunities.
0: So learning from everything that we go through in life. And that's a challenge to do when we are going through serious challenges. And I wonder why it's so not easy to see, right, Noel, the, yeah. the opportunity for growth. Is that because we the mind gets caught up in one thing only? Like the focus is in the problem instead of... Yeah.
2: So I think part of it is we have this desire for instant gratification, instant results. We want things to happen overnight. Uh, So we set unrealistic timelines for ourselves. And then I also think that when we look at outsiders, people who've achieved the things that, you know, we aspire to achieve for ourselves, we don't always pay close attention to you know, the obstacles and the journey they took to get to where they are today. All we see is the shiny big ball, you know, of where they are now. And so I always encourage people to, you know, look for opportunities to learn from people's mistakes and what they went through and understand that it's all part of the process. Right. Um, Again, I feel like if everything came easy, we wouldn't push ourselves to, you know, higher levels of achievement because we would, we would settle and we wouldn't have the opportunity to learn from those obstacles. So I think that's probably some of the biggest uh, reasons why people struggle. Yeah, with
0: that. it resonates true. And the way you speak, I mean, really sounds spiritual to me. Because I have heard before that we are here to go through these challenges. There's no mistakes, really. We just have the challenges. So in order to learn to unconditionally love ourselves yeah. and others. Does it make sense to you? That, it sounds spiritual, what you say. And I wonder if you have spiritual beliefs or spiritual oh, absolutely. ideas.
2: absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, I believe fully in the law of attraction. I believe that if you have... Some sort of passion or idea or something that you want to do that is on your heart, that it's already meant for you. And it's just a matter of you finding the pathway there. And I also believe that the universe really pays attention to where we direct our efforts. And that when you start taking the steps towards where you want to be, even if it feels like you're going nowhere and you're just, you know, in a hamster wheel. And you feel like you're you're not making progress. The universe, I feel like, is always there to guide you. And opportunities always come when you show your persistence and your passion for something and you keep working at it and you don't let the fears and the slow progression, you know, keep you from trying, trying regardless of what other people tell you, regardless of what your inner dialogue is saying. You know, Mm. I think that the universe is always here to support us and to guide us. Oh wow! To our highest selves. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: that's a beautiful answer, and that takes trust, right, Noel? It
2: does. You know, Um, I also think that sometimes if you ask the universe for signs, I've done this before for clarity. You know, when you feel confused or you just don't know if you're where you're meant to be, I always ask for signs, and surprisingly, I've gotten (laughs) some very strong signs. So I really believe in that. You know, you know, asking for for clarity. You
0: mentioned fear quite a few times and then now it kind of um, what comes to me the question that comes to me is fear and love do you see them as opposites? I have heard that before. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah, I think that fear is the opposite of love. Love is, you know, having openness, leading with your your true self and not the ego. And I think that you know, one thing that I've always tried to do in life is confront anything that that I fear so that it doesn't become such an obstacle or something that I feel is holding me back. I feel like the more we can kind of move through that feeling and confront it, it carries less power, and it brings us back to love.
0: So true. I love your wisdom. I know you're very young, but it has nothing to do with age. That's for sure. As you can see, I love the way you speak about these things. You sound very clear, very clear, and very powerful, passionate about it. Empowered.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I, I think that's part of the aspect of training that I love too. With working with people one on one, is bringing that. Not just the physical side of health, but the, the the mental and spiritual element to their training as well. Because a lot of it, mm. so much of it is based around your belief structure.
0: Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. So true. And nothing's disconnected, right? Everything is right. connected.
2: Yeah. Energy is always flowing. Um. And, and it you know, it, it all starts with our thoughts, right? Which become our actions. And, you know, everything, yeah, everything is connected. With that in mind,
0: because... I know that you work with a lot of people when it comes to physical health. So let me ask you an open question. How do you define health these days? What is to be healthy to you?
2: So for me to be healthy, first and foremost, is to be pain free and to live in a way in which your body becomes your biggest asset. You know, I always say that we have nothing without our health, because all of us are chasing, you know, physical things and and outward accolades and and different titles and so forth. But everything comes back to how we feel in our bodies. And that, to me, is the greatest form of wealth. So for me, it's it's having your body become your biggest asset and living a pain-free life.
0: That's true, a pain-free life. Is that really possible, Noel, when
2: it comes <laughs> to emotions and <laughs> yeah, Right, no maybe pain. that sounds too, uh, too vague. What I mean by that is uh, I think a lot of people carry a lot of physical pain and they tolerate it as just part of life and not realizing that it's all related to stress and how you move your body or how, you, how much you neglect your body. And a lot of, you know, the chronic pain that so many people carry with them day to day can be reversed. You know, when we start to look at our bodies as your, your bodies is something that you need to sort of build up the foundation from again. Like you have to start small, you know, looking at your, your posture and and look at what kind of things you've sort of, your body has sort of taken on from your lifestyle and undoing some of that, some of those habits that we've formed, you know, from, from our day-to-day lives, that is where it all starts. And, and I find that when people really start to connect with not just the aesthetics, but with how movement makes their bodies feel, that really is where we kind of can get into that pain-free living, reversing some of that compensation, bad form that we've taken on from our lifestyles because we just move through life so fast and we don't pay attention to how we feel moment to moment until a problem arises, right?
0: Yeah. And you mentioned mindfulness. I know this is part of the, um, what your company, the mission of your company? to mm. instill mindful, healthy habits. Mm-hmm. I thought that I was doing everything right in the sense of living my passion, you know, doing what I do these days. And then I noticed my body was, my neck and then my back developed mm. this pain, this sharp pain. I didn't know why. And then I just found out it's because of movement, lack of mm-hmm. movement. I stopped lifting. I stopped really yeah. doing the things I was doing before. How interesting. It was really simple. And then I did it for Two days in a row, and then it came back. And I mean, the mm. pain is gone. It's still here, but it's not even close to what it used to be. Mm-hmm. So that's amazing. How movement, uh, self awareness, movement—it's mm-hmm. so crucial, and we ignore that. You're right.
2: Well, and I think we're just always chasing aesthetics. You know, how we want to look, and and not not enough about how we want to feel. And also, there's that that craving for, you know, instant gratification. Like we get questions all the time from new people, new clients coming in. How long does it take to see progress or to see results? And that right there, you know, is, is you're putting a limitation on yourself, right? And you're focusing solely on achievement and not about the process of healing, you know, which healing never stops. There's no end point to fitness, right? We can always evolve our training and, and our, and our uh, approach, fine tune uh, and learn more. There's no end point, you know? So trying to train ourselves not to set these limitations on ourselves, I think is really important. And looking at it as a lifestyle approach, you know, and, and just like you look at your career as a lifestyle, you know, something that you are in for the long haul.
0: Right, a way of living. You have to living. treat your
2: body. Right. Yeah, you have to yeah. treat your body with that same intention.
0: Mm, I love the this message. It's a powerful message, though, and a, a beautiful reminder for all of us because we tend to forget, and you're right, in healing, it is the journey. It, there's no destination for healing.
2: Yeah, exactly. There's no destination. No. What is your idea of
0: balance, Noelle?
2: Balance. Oh, um, so I believe that... To get to you know, in terms in terms of improving your health, it shouldn't be about deprivation or elimination. Uh, you know, putting yourself on a restrict restrictive diet or or dropping all the things that you love. You know, and that comes with eating as well. You should be able to still enjoy all the things that bring you, you know, that you love and and still be able to see progress. So it's that's where the mindfulness aspect comes into play. Because, you know, when we start to look at our food as more than just something that's going to make you feel good in the moment and how it actually provides your body nourishment, we start to kind of switch our switch gears in terms of how we, you know, evaluate food choices. But it's not about telling yourself that certain things are good or bad. It's just understanding how we piece things together to ensure that our bodies always have what they need Mm -hmm. in order for us to continue moving forward on this journey.
0: That's a beautiful philosophy, though, too. So it's almost like fuel for the purpose we have here. So food or whatever we do, it's just propelling us forward. I love that, that way of seeing life. What a beautiful philosophy uh, within the realm of physical, right? You're dealing with, with physicalities, but you're still kind of influencing your clients to think at different levels.
2: Right, right. And under, and, you know and that, and that really you know, I feel like when we start to see the effects of how food makes us feel, it really helps to kind of shift our cravings and and just make choices that, again, sort of are allowing ourselves to have the nourishment that our bodies need while still having room for indulgence, right?
0: Mm. I love the idea that we can be flexible with ourselves this way in kind. And that's okay to lose balance sometimes. We yeah. Don't, right? That's exactly. What life is.
2: Progress is never linear. You know, I always say, you're always gonna hit bumps in the road and you shouldn't you shouldn't expect progress to be linear either. It's it's all a learning, you know, opportunity.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful, Noelle. It's very flexible <laughs> and creative because that leaves room for creativity when we are flexible. Which is a different conversation. I know. <laughs> I bring all these topics together. I would love to hear more about your company. It's called Leading Edge Personal Trainers. The services and the approach. And you have been talking about the approach. How new clients can find you. All that information.
2: Yeah. So I, I feel like our approach is unique in that you know, like I mentioned earlier, that we love to start with form. And really our, our main mission is to help clients uh, move pain-free and feel confident in their bodies, not just for how they look, but for what they can do, what they're designed to do to regain that full, the full functioning of the body. You know, how our bodies were able to move when we are children. We want to bring that back, right? Um, People usually find us online. We have a very high uh, reputation on Google. So we have a lot of positive reviews from clients, which I think is always really inspiring to read about. And then in terms of the types of services that we offer, we do offer in-person training, which is when we travel to our clients' homes here in New York City and we train them in person one-on-one. And then another option that's become very popular in the last couple years is virtual training, which is in real time through your device. So you're working with your trainer one-on-one, but you can be anywhere in the country or even globally, which is really exciting. It makes us very accessible to more people. And then we also have an app, a personalized app where we build out a program based on that initial assessment that we do, where we look at your form and your posture. So we like to start with the mechanics of the body, right? Before we start to move into, uh, proving your body composition and and adding more muscle and and toning here. And, you know, we want to focus on how the body moves first. So we have that foundation in place and that really helps to prevent injuries and kind of build that mind body connection that we're always after. That's an
0: interesting approach because I talk a, a lot with um, other therapists, I mean, so many healers here, and they talk about movement and how we all move differently mm-hmm. in so many ways, mentally, uh, emotionally, and physically. We are all mm-hmm. so different and unique. That's a, a beautiful approach too, Noel. just becoming aware of your clients' movements and then, of course, passing that on to them so they know how they move how they have been treating the body, because that really shows that in a way.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's really important that whatever we do in the training sessions carries over into their their life outside of the gym, right? So it's improving how they move every day. That is what we're really after: is is having this, you know, become part of their everyday life and not just a part of their two hours or three hours a week with us. Right. So that's why, yeah, form is form is how you move no matter where you are.
0: So it goes back to that way of living. It's not just a quick change yeah. kind of strategy. Right? I wonder why so many uh, women don't engage in strength training. Mm-hmm. I noticed that when I used to be a personal trainer and I did competition, I, I noticed that most people in the gym lifting were men, not women. Mm-hmm. So talk to me for a moment about that.
2: Yeah, so I I like to think that that is starting to shift. Most of our clients are actually female, which oh, is like good. very exciting. You <laughs> know? Yeah, I yeah. I think I think for a while there was this false notion that lifting weights would you know make you bulky or yeah. you know turn you into a bodybuilder. Right. <laughs> right. You know, and yeah. and people just really yeah. just didn't understand the concept of what strength training means and also how it, it it really adds value to all aspects of your health and improves your metabolism and your body composition and your mood and your energy levels. Like, I think that women were just not well-informed, you know? So I think, I think, I think hopefully that this is starting to shift and it's really exciting to see so many of our female clients, you know, looking to increase you know they're they're always challenging themselves to to do more you know harder and and heavier (laughs) sometimes lifts and it's it's no longer about how am I gonna you know what is this gonna make me bulk it's more about I want to feel strong in my body
0: the word says it all strength so it's Mm -hmm. making the body stronger which could influence the mind it was definitely my case Becoming strong mentally too. How amazing, right, Noel, that everything is connected. There's no disconnection. So a strong body might lead to a strong mind, which could be the reverse too, right? It could be the opposite.
2: Yeah, and I love how I love how strength how feeling strong in your body affects your, your confidence, you know, and, and it, it really just has a ripple effect to other aspects of your life you carry yourself differently, you know, you, you, um, you recognize your worth. You're willing to speak up for yourself more frequently. You know, you just, you just have a different sense of empowerment. I think it really, it makes you feel when you realize that you're capable of more than you believed you were capable of, it really just broadens your perspective of, you know, what's possible for you. Right. You know.
0: Yes a billion times to that to that <laughs> idea, to that message. Uh, yeah, and you I love how you are the embodiment of your message too. You're not just delivering your message, but you are the message. I love when I hear that. I really love that. So thank you for being you, Noelle. Yeah,
2: thank you. I believe we have to practice what we preach, you know.
0: One of the blog posts that you have written, it's titled, Be Aware of Skinny Fat, a Health Mm -hmm. Epidemic, which made me think about myself and my belly. So talk to me about that. I actually heard about it, but I had forgotten about this idea that we can look healthy, but Mm -hmm. not be healthy. So I would love to hear more about that topic. I mean, my audience too.
2: Yeah. So I think that people are still fixated a lot on the scale and use that as a measure of health and, you know, fitness. Um, And part of that is because there's still this, you know, doctors even still talk about BMI, which is your body mass index, which takes into account your age, your weight, and it does not take into account the, the makeup of your body, right? So, you know, I always use this Little analogy, which is really helpful. I feel like it kind of paints a clear picture. When people talk about like their goal weight, uh, I, you know, I, I have to say that doesn't really mean too much because you could have two people who weigh the same amount and have very different body compositions, right? And on the same token, you could have somebody who's not overweight, but again, have a very different body composition, meaning even though they look like they're in shape because the scale says they are. They don't have a very lean body composition, meaning they're still carrying a lot of body fat. The problem with people who are skinny and have a higher body fat percentage is that you, you tend to carry more visceral fat, which is the fat that is internal coating around our, our, our organs and tissues of the body. And it it's, it's, it's has a similar implications as obesity on the body. So even though it doesn't look like you have anything to worry about, there's actually a lot of risk factors there that can be very serious. The same diabetes, heart disease, you know, and so on. So, you know, this is where I'm, you know, we I get people sometimes who say to me, well, I don't want to lose any weight because I, you know, I'm at a healthy weight. I think I just want to, what can I do just to kind of maintain? And I explain to them, "It's well, it's not just about the weight. Strength training is the key there for improving that that the body makeup, reducing your your fatty mass, increasing your lean muscle mass. So I think we need to try to get away from the scale, using that as an indicator of of how in shape somebody is, right?
0: That is um, so enlightening to hear that because you're right. We have these uh, misconceptions. If we look in a certain way and we are not gaining weight, then uh-huh. it means we are healthy. The suggestions that you offer, Noel, diet would be one of them as yep. well, besides strength
2: training. Yeah. So when it comes to improving your body composition, it's twofold. You can never outperform your diet. You know, as, as the saying goes, which is very true. Meaning you can't possibly burn enough calories in your workouts to, you know, to 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 counter eating a really high caloric high fat or, or, or uh, processed diet. So the two are really equally important. And so it's really, you know, when we look at your diet, the, the main factors are making sure that your calorie intake is not too low because a lot of people, we actually find, even if people are, you know, even if you're overweight, we tend to find that more people under eat than overeat, which you would think because you're overweight, you must overeat, but that's not always the case because when you under eat, your metabolism slows down and that affects how your body burns fat. And that affects how your body utilizes the calories that you're taking in. And it also affects your appetite and your energy levels and all of that. And if you kind of get stuck in that deficit for too long, it becomes impossible to try to change anything, right? So you have to make sure your calorie supply is sufficient as well as your protein. So protein is really important when it comes to, not just helping your body recover post-workout, but also in building lean mass. So putting on more lean mass, building muscle tissue, uh, and, and also building up the muscle tissue that you already have on your body, that all requires protein. Uh, protein is used you know, in every cell of our body, though. As our cells are turning over every single second of every day, protein is what's utilized to help them repair themselves. So those are the two main things when it comes to diet. It's not really about, can I have this ice cream? Or can I yeah. have this cookie? Yeah. It's really about what do your calories look like and how much of that is coming from protein. Once you hit your protein, everything else is sort of, you know, you can kind of pick and choose what you want to incorporate there. But those are the two main things. And then strength training is, like I said before, really, really important for improving your body composition because as you build more lean mass, you're automatically helping to improve your metabolism. And your metabolism allows you to have more flexibility in your diet without seeing a negative effect with your progress, with your fitness progress. Uh, it gives you more energy, right? Um, you have the fuel you need to get through the day. So you, you have less of that uh, crashing in the middle of the afternoon or just feeling lethargic and so forth. So I would say those are the main factors there.
0: That resonates true to me. When it comes to diet, even adding more lean proteins and all, is that something that we need to be kind of strict about it and, or concern? Because that's one of the things that I try not to do when it comes to diet, not to be over-concerned with what I need to eat and how much, counting mm-hmm. everything. That adds more stress in my mm-hmm. case. I wonder how, how you do that. What do you advise to your clients how to be to follow regimen without being too, let's say, inflexible about it or too tight about it, too stressful about
2: it. Right. So I think the first thing is to get into the habit of reading food labels and just being aware of, okay, how much protein am I going to get out of this choice? Looking for more options that are going to give you more protein for the calories. So if you can get if you can focus on foods that give you either more protein than carbs uh, and fat or equal parts protein to carbs and fat that that is gonna be a healthier option and and just the other the other key tool that we give people is to have you know be shooting for at least twenty to thirty grams of protein per meal. So like leading with a high protein breakfast, uh, always having a protein source on every you know on your plate with every meal, and then incorporating uh, a protein based shake or bar that's going to give you an extra boost. So though I mean that that is a that's one way to go about go about it without feeling like you have to track your macros or your calories is to lead with protein because a yeah. lot of us lead with carbs if you look at the American diet anyway. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Our breakfast so is true. full of carbs. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. And then incorporating uh-huh. that daily protein shake is really going to be helpful to help you hit hit your target.
0: That makes sense. So it's a shift in perspective.
2: Yeah, you know, and, and it's funny, even something as simple as like learning how to look at food labels differently. It makes shopping so much easier. Because if you have two options, you can quickly decide, oh, which one is they're both going to taste great, right? But which one's going to be slightly better for me, you know, and that and that really helps, you know, it's those little changes that you make on the day to day that really start to, you know, trigger that awareness in you. And that's what adds up to to bigger, you know, more progress over the long haul.
0: And another question I have about the second blog post that you have written is um, about strength training being enough for fat loss. Do you also recommend cardio, doing walking or doing any other kinds of exercises besides strength training?
2: So cardio is usually not required when it comes to if your goal is weight loss uh, or, or even if it's strength training, you know, just to... Uh, improve your body composition because your heart rate does get elevated during strength training especially if you're using enough resistance but the the other factor that's really important is the nutrition because we can't you can't you really can't get away with focusing on one without the other you're basically you, you know you're sort of putting like one foot in one foot out <laughs> true <laughs> you're, not, you're not like fully giving your body a chance to evolve the way it can And again, it doesn't have to be transformative with your diet. It's really about these small day-to-day choices. You know, uh, I I still have sweets, you know. I I still go out to dinner. Um, So it's not about cutting all these things out. It's just the awareness of, you know, what other choices you could make during your day to help offset that indulgence or, you know, to make room for that treat that you want to have without you feeling guilty or without it setting mm. you back.
0: Yeah, oh, that's a key point, right? Not feeling guilty, right?
2: Not to feel guilty, yes.
0: Uh, my husband would love to hear that. Strength <laughs> training and diet. <laughs> he, yes. he doesn't like doing any form of cardio, like walking or anything. So, oh, he would love that, this approach. He does already, <laughs> for sure. Yeah,
2: cardio, I mean, it's, it's something that if you enjoy it, it's great. But as long as you have a consistent exercise routine that is giving your body enough resistance. That's key. You don't necessarily need to spend time on the cardio machines or running every week, unless it's something that you enjoy. Obviously getting more steps in is always helpful. Movement Mm -hmm, is always good, right? Right, right. We don't want to become too sedentary, but strength training really has that benefit where it gives you the benefit of both improving your body composition and also helping you to, to build stamina.
0: And do you recommend a time? Is it timed the training sessions?
2: So typically we try to keep it around an hour and then it just depends in terms of how much work we get in depends on the client. So some clients are very focused and ready to, you know, move and go and and push and work really hard. And then some, you know, want to move at a more relaxed pace. So that is just really up to the client, but we do dedicate an hour to every single person so that they have, you know, they have that same, they can, they can rely on that time frame. And
0: let's see, I have the ending questions, but before that, would you like to add anything else that we didn't mention, or we didn't cover today?
2: No, I don't think so. I, I just think that we just have to look at our bodies as a vessel to longevity of health. You know, it's not about how many years we live if our quality of life goes down. Right. It's about living our best lives until, you know, our our last day. You know, there's no there shouldn't be any you shouldn't have to suffer as you get older. Right.
0: I agree. I absolutely agree. I heard somebody saying the other day that. It's okay to age, but not to get old.
2: <laughs> that was
0: an interesting, I mean, somebody said that, I don't know where, but yeah, it makes sense that we don't have, we can age, but we don't need to get old in the sense of sickness and yeah. lack of energy and purpose. I agree.
2: Right. Or or just this acceptance that we are, our bodies start to fail us at a certain age. That is That is all in the choices that we make here and now,
0: mm. you know? Yeah, right. Oh my god, yeah. What a beautiful reminder. I needed to be reminded. Cuz sometimes I forget. Everybody forgets, I guess. Course, we, all, we all need yeah. reminders. <laughs> so thank you for being that voice, Noel. How do you define success these days? What is to be successful to you?
2: Oh, that's such an open-ended question. Um well, I honestly think it's leading your life with passion. I, I always, I've always looked at my career as something that well, I'm going to be spending most of my days doing this, so I better love it, oh, you yes. know.
1: Yes.
2: I, it makes me so sad when people chase vacation time or days off, you know, because it just shows that they they're not happy, you know, they're not content with what they're they're doing. And I think that if we can lead with passion and also Think about our mission. What are we able to, you know, to provide to others to leave an impact and you know, make the world a better place? I think is the ultimate the ultimate version of happiness.
0: Which it, it is, and success, yeah, yeah, right. Those two go hand in hand. Yeah, I love your wisdom. That there's a lot of wisdom there, deep wisdom. Thank you. And I wonder how did you learn those things? <laughs> I won't ask that question.
2: <laughs> you know, it's, it took a lot, a lot of my own trials and errors. You know, and and years of therapy and a lot of self help books. But I've always been sort of forward thinking, and I've always been really inspired by the law of attraction. And, you know, anytime someone says like, Oh, that's never possible. Like that, like, you know, I've always wanted to challenge that theory. I've always thought to myself, like somebody else has done this or somebody will do this, you know? And I look at, you know, some of our biggest heroes, so to speak, um, people who have done things that never seemed possible, you know, and, and how they were able to achieve that, that, that always, always, it's always inspired me to keep dreaming big, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's uh being open. You've been always open to life, yeah, the possibilities. Like, yeah, I love that question. What else is possible?
2: Yeah, you know, what if failure wasn't an option or or you know, or or if quitting wasn't an option? What's the best-case scenario always? Yeah.
0: Oh my God, I love that, Noelle. So you are a healer, actually disguised as a a personal trainer, somebody working with the body, but not really. That's beautiful. What do you love most about being in a human body or being the human body?
2: Mm, I love how the body has the ability to morph and change and adapt to whatever challenges we bring to it. I love trying completely new things that I've never, you know, experienced before. And just the process of like watching the body, you know, learn this new skill and, and, and just like what that feels like. Um, It's just fascinating. I've had different passions with fitness throughout my life. You know, I think I mentioned I was a runner and then I was like one point really into yoga. And then I got really big into kettlebell training and with each, with each approach, it was just really interesting. You know, at first everything felt so hard and I felt like I was, my body was resisting and just to watch your body sort of take hold, uh, as the mind trains it to do so. And then suddenly you're doing things that you never thought you could do. And that really is what I think fitness should be about is, is testing your body, seeing what your body is capable of, because that's kind of what keeps the fun in it. You know, Knowing that there's always more that your body can learn, you know, and that there's there's no one right or wrong way, there's no single channel. That that to me is what I love about being in the human body and and being able to experience all of that.
0: Is the exploration, right? That's uh, something that we can apply to life itself, right? Being right. open to explore. Yeah,
2: absolutely. <laughs> yeah, our every other aspect of our life. Absolutely.
0: What is another word for life? What comes to mind?
2: Oh, <laughs> another word for life. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. I, I guess I would say, gosh, the first word that comes to mind for some reason is abundance. I think it's just celebrating all things, you know, recognizing that no matter how much you struggle moment to moment, you know, or what setbacks you may face uh, that you always are still filled with so much abundance. There's always so much more for you to give and to learn and to take in, you know, the beauty of life to me is not just embracing the highs, but embracing all of what life brings, which makes us appreciate what we have so much more and it also humbles us, so I think that's how I would describe life.
0: Uh, are you thinking about writing the book do you have? A, <laughs> uh, because that's that'll be inspiring.
2: Thank you. I, you know, it has crossed my mind. I'm not gonna say it hasn't, yeah. Um, hmm. it's just like the time when do I have the time? Yeah, for it? Yeah, but right. it is something <laughs> that has has entered my mind Mm,
0: please let me know yeah i would love (laughs) to interview you again on that book (laughs) Uh, how beautiful thank you so much noel for being you again
2: my pleasure
0: so before we say goodbye where can we find more information about you your work products services future projects
2: yeah so i always tell people to go to our website leadingedgeny.com uh, and there you'll, you'll learn all about our services, how to contact us, how to get started. Also testimonials, uh, and you'll find there also links to all of our social media handles. But if you wanted to go to my personal account, which I love sharing my own tidbits of life between fitness and my and motherhood, and you know just the odds and ends of my day to day, that handle is Body by Noelle. and then our business. Instagram
0: is Leading Edge NY. Wonderful. I'll have the website on your podcast profile too. Thank you so much again, Noel. And we'll talk soon. Take good Thank care. you. Bye for now.
1: Thank you for listening. To learn more about Noel McKenzie and her work, please visit leadingedgeny.com.